Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, how's your relationship going? Could it use some work? Is it up to snuff? If you put some weight on it, if you put some stress on it, would it fall apart or would it support you? Now wait, time out. I used a really vague word, relationship, and you might have gone to that that intimate relationship with a beloved. But the relationship I was really talking about is the relationship with your intuition, your relationship with your life purpose, with the the wisdom of of your higher consciousness, your soul. 2020 turns so much on its head that people people's old school roadmap kind of fell apart. And uh, the old rules didn't work anymore. 2020 kind of turned everything on its head and what had worked before might not have worked at all anymore. So what... What is your relationship? How's that going with with your your soul? I'd throw your heart in there too, with your heart and your soul. Well, tonight we're going to delve into that. The topic tonight is intuition and clarity and how to receive energetic information. And our guest tonight is Alea Dow. Alea is a sound healer energetic practitioner, minister in the state of California, doctor of oriental medicine in New Mexico, and a licensed acupuncturist in Colorado. She has been an alternative healer for over 25 years. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about it, so let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Elea. Thank you so much, Les. It's great to be here. Now, wow, you chose intuition and clarity and how to receive energetic information as a show title. Intuition and clarity. That um, I know clarity is probably the polar opposite of what most people experienced in the entire year of 2020. <laughs> you must have been intuitive to pull up clarity as a as a topic what how do you how do you uh, perceive the kind of the the collective consciousness now i mean what are people really looking for that they're having a hard time finding everything <laughs> even the car keys i mean everything well yeah because they've been in isolation and they can't remember where they parked the car because that was three weeks ago <laughs> Well, I like that. I mean, but but uh, I mean, you kind of, uh, as you interact with uh, the collective with with Joe Public, you you get feedback about 
what people are looking for in this chapter of their lives. What kind of sense do you have? I do. I would have to say that the biggest thing that people are really wanting and not experiencing is freedom and connection. So they feel like their freedoms are being taken away and they feel very disconnected from a lot of people in their lives because the beliefs are getting stronger and the polarization is getting stronger as well. So when people have different beliefs, then they feel isolated from each other instead of more connected. And at an energetic level, what I see happening on the planet is more light, more light, more light. We're just continuing to experience more light. And with that light comes greater awareness. Right. But then we become more aware of all of the things that have been under the covers, under the rug. And so now everybody's upset and angry and scared because there's all of these things in the world that we're seeing now that have been there this whole time, but we weren't consciously aware of it because the light wasn't shining on it. And so we're having a global awakening. Intolerance for intolerance is increasing. And people are starting to realize that their lives are not fulfilling. The majority of the people out there aren't feeling fulfilled by their lives and are wanting to create a different reality for themselves. And the discomfort, the pain, and the suffering is so uncomfortable that it's motivating people to change because change is uncomfortable, but change is less uncomfortable than the intolerance that people are experiencing, the emptiness, the frustration, and the anger. So at an awakening level, it's all very exciting and very good, but if you don't have conscious awareness and tools that are effective, it's really challenging. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're literally in the chapter and verse of some very old prophecies about the transformation of consciousness on earth. And, you know, it's, uh, um, for myself, um, the, the, the archetype of heaven on earth where, where the human persona is a vehicle of unconditional love and anchored in its own truth as a persona and then multiply that into the collective and and that that gives a glimpse of what the potential of the of the human narrative can be and like you said so much is getting revealed in the sense that um we were extremely dysfunctional in 2019 but the the ignorant component had a, had quite a bit of bliss to it and now that the veil's more or less proverbially been pulled off our eyes at least somewhat and and this uh, upheaval comes, um, intuition and clarity seem like the the go-to guys when everything in the world outside of you is in upheaval. Intuition and clarity is is like that GPS that works even though the even though everything outside of us is so unpredictable. How does how how do you hone your ability for intuition and clarity? There's a couple steps and the first process is 
if we want to have clarity and we want to um, have accuracies with our knowing, our intuition, the very first one is to actually use the breath, your intent, your imagination, what I also call the energetic field, and you pull yourself inside. So a lot of the times our awareness is outside in the future, the past, on other people, what other people are doing, wanting to see clearly externally. But if we're not holding our awareness inside ourselves, connected with our essence, connected with our light, in what I call the divine mind that flows up and down the front of the spine, and then the body has a river of light, divine mind in the spine, the two rivers of light in the, in the form, when you pull yourself using the breath into this inner river of light, you move into a deeper level of connection with your essence, which is part of the fabric of oneness connected with your spark that's in the heart of source where you're expressing yourself from. So if we're not in our divine mind, i.e. connected with our essence and our inner river plugged in, then we're, it's going to be really challenging to get information, and accurate information at that. Also, if you're holding your awareness in the future, always thinking about the future, always thinking about the past, not in the present moment, again, good luck in getting good, clear information. So then the, the first practice could actually be using the breath to pull yourself into the present moment, using the exhale to ground yourself into the present moment, using another inhale to pull yourself out of the past, using the exhale to ground yourself into the present moment, then another breath pulling yourself, using the inhale to pull yourself into an inner river of light, using the exhale to ground yourself into that inner of light, inner river of light. So it's like three to four, maybe five breaths of pulling yourself into the present moment and into the divine mind. And then when you're in the present moment and in the divine mind, the next step for cultivating greater clarity and intuition is to lift, you just imagine that you have all these little trust nuggets, these trust because a lot of the times we want to trust that what we think, what we see, what we know is, is right. But again, we'll put our trust on the future, out on others, into our mental body, into our energetic field. And so the third step in being able to cultivate greater clarity, intuition, is to pull all of your trust nuggets like you literally imagine you've got all these trust nuggets out on the world in the future, in the past, on other people, on what you know, on what you've not known, and you use like a cosmic vacuum cleaner, your imagination, your energy field, to pull all your trust back into your own line. And then you start feeling into how you trust this light that flows within you. And then step four, and then I'll turn it over to you, Les. Sure. Is to feel into a quality that flows within you. It's like your essence. Are you kind? Are you gracious? Do you have integrity? Do you value freedom? What is one quality that may be in your inner river and you're trusting just that quality? So if I feel into my inner river, I have this mastery, this very strong current of peace. And so I'm just trusting this current of peace. It's always there. And then as I lean on that trust and I feel that peace, now I'm in this inner river of light and I start getting clarity about information. It has no bearing on my sense of self-worth, whether I'm right or not right. I don't have to be right to feel better about myself. I already have this, this peace and this clarity and this calm flowing deep in my core. 
And so anytime we want to experience something, have clarity, we'd amplify clarity within. We'd be present inside ourselves. And then in that present moment, in your inner river, feeling into a quality that you value, trusting that quality, not what you know, you are going to get way more information at an energetic, intuitive level. Well, very nice. It sounds like you're you're retrieving the consciousness, the conscious elements of yourself that have fluttered off into the future in worry and fret and um, perhaps in the past. And it, it, it really sounded like you're, as you were describing that, um, you're reconstituting your wholeness, so to speak. Now, I would imagine that... Um, if the first time you're doing this, you're in the middle of some perilous uh, um, situation and, and you have to get intuitive in short order, <laughs> typically it's our ego that needs the, the, uh, the information of intuition. How can we, um, like, like, practice or flex this muscle or develop a, uh, a sense of trust with this because um, if the first time we do it, I mean, it's a it's a difficult and challenging situation. I know egos kind of suck at at disconnecting from the the worry and the fret outside of us in our quote normal life like that exists anymore how do we how do we flex that muscle i mean what are some ways in our daily life we can um put some practice to this yeah so that that all those reflections that you're having there's so many angles at which i could approach it so i might walk around it like a bush for just a nanosecond and we want to think about clarity and intuition like a muscle that we that can get stronger if we know how to work it. And when you're in a situation that might be like fight or flight, you're freaked out and you're like, "Oh, what do I do? I need to have my intuition of what to do." Before going to intuition and guidance and angelic guidance and having the clarity about how to proceed pause, deep breath in, pull yourself into this present moment, and say to yourself, what is a quality that I want to hold inside myself in this situation? So it's like, oh, how do I respond to that person that just emailed me and they were super fired up? Or where should I move because I just got evicted? Right. <laughs> or, you know, wh what do I do because I just experienced this loss or Ooh, someone just betrayed me and I, I am so upset and angry and sad and confused and hurt. The question is, with any of these triggering situations, whatever it might be, you take a deep breath in and you ask yourself, what is a quality I want to hold inside myself in this moment? And you might say, I want to be empowered in this situation, or I want to be graceful in this situation, or I want to be kind in this situation, or I want to hold a positive current, because if I hold a positive current, then positive situations will appear, the only doorway that I'm looking for. So with whatever situation, sit down and ponder what is one quality 
you want to embody inside yourself because when you move from that quality, you hold that quality within you, use your energy fields, your intention, your imagination to amplify that quality like a river inside you, have your guides hold that quality inside themselves, then they positively, empathically impact you. Now you're actually being guided um, by that quality and that positively impacts your consciousness, your awareness, your lens, your intuition, your information. So if I was in a situation that was really scary, then I would say to myself, okay, I, I don't want to run from this like the little rabbit. I want to be really empowered. What would that look like if it was in the nature kingdom? I think I might need to be a lioness here. Okay. So then I hold the stance of the lioness. How would the lioness respond? Oh, it feels pretty good. Or maybe I need to be the bear. Or maybe I need to be the eagle. And so our bodies are part of the nature kingdom, and so any time we have a situation in the physical dimension that triggers a fight or flight, we want to ask ourselves, body, what form could you take in your imagination and another dimension that would serve you in this moment, that would feel empowering and evolved and conscious and kind and gracious? Because the energy that we hold inside ourselves, how we pivot, is what we call to us in the next moment. So if we're constantly responding from a place of trigger and fear and anger, then we keep creating that over and over again because that's the mouth we feed. So instead of getting guidance of what to do in the physical dimension, first go to the, the quality, and then when you're in that vibrational quality inside yourself, then the clarity of how to move from that stance comes in. There's a real sense of uh, of peace, of like kind of like really being comfortable in your own skin when when you develop a, a rapport, a back and forth, so to speak, with the, with that intuition, and I. I think a lot of times when people do drop into fret and worry and whatnot, it's that they haven't spent that time to to really get kind of organic with their own um, intuitive wisdom. And I know people are hungry for a, a haven of sorts, uh, a place to rest their head, because even even though 2020 more or less put a lot of people in their own home, it it in a lot of ways made the home kind of a foreign place to be because so much of our outside activities were um, withdrawn from from us as an opportunity and and so we had to like relearn relearn how to navigate the unknown so to speak well. Now, I know at this turning point, um, a lot of people's life purpose is going to change. The sense I get is this is kind of a new chapter. There's uh, in 2013, 21 inches of rain fell in three days. Wow. In Boulder, and I, I I watch the process very very closely because I I just love human dynamics and 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 here for three days 
It did, everyone, and I can't overstress how everyone had a single thing on their mind. When the hell is the water going to stop rising? It flooded like half my garage. It was within a foot of my living room carpet. You go to go to sleep at night, and you're like, should I take this stuff upstairs? Am I going to be standing in water? So for three days, everybody's consciousness kind of got pushed up against the wall. We had this monolithic narrative. Water, flooding, oh my gosh. And then the day it released, we all took that first step in in unison. And I and I walked from the east side of Boulder to the west side and back through the neighborhoods and I just observed people and there were here's this mud caked wedding dress on the driveway and, and books of of mem- memories caked in mud. And the peace was palatable. What? Wait, what? Peace? The the peace was thick in the air. And I realized that the water washed us of all our busy mind crap that didn't really serve us. And, and we... Yeah. And, and I'm noticing the same thing out of 2020... But globally, the whole flipping planet went through this common narrative. And now in 2021, we're kind of, we're all taking that first step and, and normal doesn't exist. I mean, we're, there's no normal to step back into. It's gone. And so new narratives need to be born. I guess I'm getting long-winded here, but I think that people's souls totally saw this coming and they totally saw these first steps out of the storm out of the out of the monologue of 2020 as an opportunity for us the egos us the human personas to really kind of shift the whole dynamic of our life so how how do we I mean, a lot of times we look to our intuition to kind of get us out of a pinch or get us through the situation, but how do we kind of use intuition or perhaps connection with our higher self for like a whole new narrative since we have free will at the human level whether or not we're going to engage something? How would that work? So what you one practice that people could, that you could do is you would go for a walk, sit down, journal, and the question to ask yourself is, at this time in my life, this current chapter in my life, where you are right now, what are your top priorities? So your top priorities might be peace, it might be freedom, it might be empowerment, it might be joy, it might be fulfillment, it might be fill in the blank. And so then when you start thinking about your top priority, then you start, then the second question to ask yourself, so you're really going into the self-reflective process. 
because when your world changes and you have to reinvent yourself, you have to be contemplative. And we want to be contemplative, but we want to ask ourselves the right questions so that we're not just, you know, the, the squirrel, 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 or just chasing our tails, or just going in one loop and not really getting anywhere. And it's like, well, I've had this priority for years and nothing's ever happened, and this dream in the outer world never materialized. I'm just frustrated. I'm just going to give up, right? It's actually not about that. It's more, what are your priorities of what you want in your life, what you want more of? And you could even say to yourself, okay, three years from now or five years from now or ten years from now, if somebody says to me, you know, so what's your life like? You would say, well, my life feels really fulfilling and just filled with joy and so free. Like, oh, do you want that? Or do you want, oh, my life is filled with this incredible peace and this clarity and this calm. So whatever your top priorities are, you answer that for your own self. And then the second question to ask yourself is, what are things that I could do? What are the decisions? What are the behaviors? What are the actions? Teeny, tiny little things I could do every single day that start creating that more in my life. And when it's like, well, what does that really mean? It'd be like, okay, so if I want to have freedom in my life, feel really free and light, I have an option. I could have the green juice for breakfast or the donut. Which one <laughs> is going to lead me in a direction that has more freedom? Well, if I eat the donut, I feel free because I'm not controlling myself. I get to do whatever I want. But then an hour later, 20 minutes later, three minutes later, I feel so happy I don't feel free. I feel like, ugh. Ah. The green juice might actually support me in my freedom reality more. Oh, I want freedom in my life. Okay, am I going to make my impulse buy on that ring or that piece of jewelry or the, those clothes or those shoes that I really want? Or do I want to save my pennies and be out of debt? That feels like yummier and more free. So with every single action, we bring conscious awareness, right? If we're not aware we do not have free will and choice. The more aware you become, the more you have the ability to make choices, and now you have free will and choice. But if somebody's not aware, they don't have free will and choice. They're just on default. They're on programming. And so with this whole process, this journey of awakening, we are able to be more aware of every single decision we make, but then we take step two, and we go, wait, what are my priorities? How could I link every single decision with my priorities. And then you start creating very slowly, incrementally, day by day, moment by moment, decision by decision, the teeniest decision in that direction and then two years, three years from now, you have an entirely different life than you do right now. And it's incredible. It's fulfilling. And you're like, wow, that was easy. But it was because you did micro moments. And in that practice, you actually also cultivate self-control and self-discipline and self-love and self-worth and open receptors and a more harmonic field. So that's one practice that one could engage in that would help shift, shift the life and reinvent the life in a direction that's sustainable, connected, and aware. Well said. I like that. And, and there's kind of a... It seems like there's a, a muse aspect to this. I mean, 
in like no matter what topic you choose to engage that perhaps you've never done before. Right. When you set right. your intention out and and you take your conscious and you say, I intend for this to happen, it, it's kind of like, well, are you going to buy a blue pickup? Because there's a, a blue pickup would be, uh, you know, you can imagine in your driveway there, there'd be a blue pickup. And now that you've got blue pickup in your head, when you're driving around in traffic, you start noticing it and it's, it's connecting you with with like-minded consciousness when you set off to create something new a lot of times our our egos will say well i don't know anything about that who am i to be the one to birth a new idea and it's mm-hmm. it's the the reason i say this is we so often want to see the whole flipping journey and that's not how it works it's it's as you when you take steps towards that new intention, you draw in new energy, which allows you to get intuitive. If the energy's not flowing, intuition's going to be hard to hone. But there's a muse aspect that that draws in inspiration um, to guide you in that new endeavor. If that makes, what do you think? Yeah, I I agree, um, and I think that where you place your awareness is where you head. And so when you take that time to feel into what are your priorities or what are the qualities, then that's the energy that you start to engage in. It's what you start to draw to you. And we also want to remember that as we evolve, we'll value different things. Nice. And... So we have to hold space for that maturation, that evolution, that change. And it's funny because I was just thinking about like, oh, I've had a guitar in my in my office for several years, and I've wanted to touch this guitar. And I pondered, okay, why aren't I touching the guitar? And I heard, oh, I I don't have a quality running inside myself yet enough that will then create the ability for me to touch the guitar and practice the guitar on a regular basis. And then I started asking, okay, what's the quality I'd have to attain more of inside myself that would then pull me into that direction of cultivating that skill set of playing the guitar? And I heard joy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Because five years ago, if somebody said to me, oh, Leah, you need to cultivate more joy inside yourself, I would say, ah, Joy's overrated. I'm going for peace. (laughs) (laughs) For the last five years, I've been like, more peace, more peace, more peace. Oh, got it. And now I'm like, Joy, yeah, I could could nibble on that puppy a little more. So now every day, just activating joy. I'm not even worrying about doing anything in the outer world to get more joy. Just a little more joy inside, a little more joy. Just crank that up a little bit more. Turn up the volume. And eventually the hands will go to the guitar, right? So, but there's no pressure. I'm like shaming myself that I haven't picked up the guitar yet. Right. Beautiful guitar and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, that's not going to work. So ponder if there's something you want to connect with, if there's a reality that you want to create for yourself, even if there's a behavior that you want to your body to be in, like getting fit, strong, losing weight, whatever it is, Instead of thinking about the behavior, think about what's the quality that would then inspire the behavior. 
reflect upon the behavior. Crank that up more, 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 more inside yourself. And then it just begins to reflect in this beautiful way. Joy is really powerful stuff. I mean, there should be a warning label on the container because that stuff will... That'll mess you up in what you thought was real and important, and joy will just shuffle the whole deck. I mean, and you, and you should talk because you've got it in space. <laughs> well, take <laughs> <I> him. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's kind of it's really good stuff. I mean, uh, if if you learn how to take it in quantity, it. Uh, Well, uh, everyone's got their own thing, right? Like we 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 want to honor what it is we're called to cultivate at different phases. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we'll put um, a frame on something like, oh, I remember my body went through a phase, and I was like, body, what do you want to cultivate more of inside yourself in your divine mind? And this was a couple of years ago. My body was like, I want power. And it wasn't about power in the outer world or power over people. And I was like, oh, buddy, you want to amplify a current of power more, more, more inside yourself. Yeah. Okay, so we did that practice. And had I been, you know, shaming or judging, like, no, we should do great, right? Or we should do more kindness. We shouldn't do power. Like, power's not, you know, it's not appropriate. Um, there was no conversation of that. It was just this acceptance of, as we spiritually grow and evolve, we're wanting to cultivate particular qualities more inside ourselves. And the challenge is, is that because we don't learn this in kindergarten, working on a book with that one, <laughs> is we we don't think about it from the place of, oh, I want to cultivate this quality inside myself more. And we're not direct and efficient with it. So then we start creating all these situations in our outer life and all these challenges and all these behaviors trying to get this quality inside ourselves. So we'll create really challenging situations, really traumatic scenarios because we want to cultivate more strength inside ourselves. So we get pummeled, we feel shredded, but then once we've recovered from it, we feel stronger. Oh, that hurts. So... If life has been pummeling you and you're like, oh, my God, pause and go, oh, I want more strength. Okay, then every day, more strength, more strength, more strength in the inner river of light for you, the body, the team. And then the outer pummeling goes away because you no longer need to hire the outer world to cultivate particular qualities inside yourself. Nice. Nice. I like that. And and I think sometimes that uh, when we desire something like, for example, power or um, perhaps uh, a more intimate relationship with our beloved, everything that's incongruent. So if I, if I set the intention of um, learning to be more present and intimate, everything that's incongruent with that in my psyche needs to percolate out of my persona in order for me to have that new space, that new realm, if you will, that new experience. So that's really curious that you're talking about to 
in 10 power, and I think power is spot on. Humanity has surrendered their power for eons, and and it's certainly time for the rank-and-file human to really own their power in a genuine and authentic way. But it, it's a... It's a curious thing how um, we evolve ourselves with these intentions. So if I were to bring in the soul, because the soul is just this, I mean, this ginormous, in-dimensional um, um, aspect of our persona, and our soul had an intention for our lives, and yet our ego can be kind of like the lowest common denominator. I mean, our ego can consume close to 100% of our thoughts during the day. How do we, how do we um, develop a practice of drawing in that higher wisdom and um, teaching our ego the value of following wisdom that might not make sense for ourselves that comes from that that higher consciousness within us? That's a beautiful question. And from my, my practice and my perspective and the work that I've done inside myself and also with others is we want to kind of think of ourselves as beings of light or a beam of light or a spark that is expressing itself in the heart of source, the heart of the divine. And that every single one of us is a spark that's expressing itself in the source energy. Some people would call it the God energy. And there are concepts of like, oh, we're all of the God, we're all God, we're all one. That fabric of oneness. And when I feel into the energetics of it, I actually see that every single soul has a spark in the heart of source. And that spark is radiating light down as a literally a line of light. And that line of light passes through the top of the head, down the front of the spine, out the base chakra, loops back up to the spark of the soul. So it's this big loop of light. I call it the divine cosmic loop. And when we're holding our awareness outside of our line, then we are perceiving ourselves from a place of disconnection. And we're also looking for our needs externally, which is when we start to feel the funky vibe of the ego. <laughs> and so the practice is actually to pull yourself using the breath. So cool. We're having this empathic physical experience, and we get to literally use the muscle of the body's breath to pull ourselves into this inner river of light, into this divine cosmic loop that we are. And we say to ourselves, I'm a divine being of light, riding in a human form, having an empathic physical dimensional experience, reflecting myself as this divine spark from the heart of source in the physical plane. I am just a reflection of my divine spark. I'm meeting all of my needs deep in my core, my divine mind, at my spark level. What a trip. How cool. So... That would be one of the practices that you could do to quiet the ego because the moment you look for validation externally, you look for fulfillment externally, you look for connection externally, you look for clarity externally, you look for support or safety externally, oh, the ego's going to get kicky. But if you pull yourself into your inner river 
and you're just like, I'm this lovely being of light, and nobody needs to validate me because I'm really lovely, and this is just, I have this lovely inner world. Then you're in gratitude for the qualities, the light, the vibration, the essence that you are, and that then creates a humility plume, and you're in awe of yourself, but from this very humble, connected place, not needing validation externally, not needing anything externally. And then you have the capacity to actually be of incredible, powerful service because you don't have to do anything for anyone to feel better about yourself because you're already good inside. You're like, I'm good. I'm this beautiful, divine being of light having this experience radiating my light. And then we have the ability to show up and hold a safe container for people in their process for modeling a strong, coherent field we're sending energetic information. We're holding safety for people to be in whatever process they need to be in for their own growth, for their own maturation, for their own evolution. And we serve, but in a really healthy, co-creative way. And then are not needed, you know, so we don't get into the codependent, the needy, the arrogant, the more masterful we become. And so as we spiritually grow and evolve, we become more masterful. And from my perspective, it's essential to cultivate even more humility with your mastery as you awaken, which, and, and with all of the study, inner study that I've done with myself, I've realized that cultivating gratitude for the qualities that flow within is the most elegant and efficient way to cultivate humility. But a lot of the times what we'll do is we'll be pummeled to be humbled with our mastery, and that is incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> And so I go for the for the gratitude popsicle instead of the pummeling popsicle. Yeah, I I get that. Uh, I th- I think the the ego. I don't know. Lately, for myself, I'm just kind of dumbstruck with my life purpose on the planet and all the big shit. My uh, my soul's got lined up for me, and I just don't want to ever say no again. And and um, that I, it's certainly humility, but there's this like ah, where my ego's like, what the crud? Are you talking to me? Are you talking? This is my rodeo. Holy cow! Magic. Yeah. But but I mean, we can talk about that. But uh, so many people don't even have a glimpse of that. And I I suggest that everybody on the planet already has the best seat in the house. I'm not talking about their booty. I'm talking about their life purpose. In that, if they were to truly hone in and understand their life purpose. It would give them so much joy, so just, just so much um, deep appreciation for who they are, regardless of what the life purpose is. So, I think the well, intuition. You don't want joy, Les. Like five years ago, you'd been like, "Play more joy," and I'd be like, "Nah." I want to OD oh, on it. I'm, I'm trying. To, <laughs> I want a flatline. I mean. Um, I want to surrender to it because 
You do, but many people don't. Yeah, I I totally get that. Um, Yeah, because everybody's working on their own vibe, right? It's like, oh, some people are working on strength and courage, and so they got to use the pummeling to cultivate the strength and the courage, and then eventually they'll be ready for the joy. So if if you put out a uh, a new series with your your audience or i put out a new series with my audience um we're going to attract people that are uh, in resonance with that as their next step now the um the the soul um I don't know. It's it, it's a curious thing. I, I guess I'm going back to the notion of the ego being the lowest common denominator. Because like like the whole idea of a cosmic two by four. How many people have had some uh, life changing event that knocked them off their high pedestal, and it and it transformed the rest of their life. Right. Uh, so so I think intuition and clarity. I really like this topic you've chose because it doesn't have to be a cosmic two by four to crack you open. You can you can um, <clears throat> create the space to allow it, if you will. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And if if you don't want the cosmic two-by-four, right, you're like, well, I want to wake up, but I don't want to do it in a really traumatic way. Right. Then you would say, okay, if I had the cosmic two-by-four and I got smacked and the worst-case scenario would happen, then what? And then you go, then what? And then what? And then what? And then it'd be like, well, I'd be forced to get really creative and I'd have to get really strong inside and oh, okay, so now what we're doing is we're honing in, we're using the fear of the cosmic two-by-four, not even waiting for the cosmic two-by-four, right? Like the moment you have the thought, <laughs> pause, stop, reassess. If that were to happen, what in a positive way would you get from it? Oh, I'd feel stronger, I'd feel more empowered, and I'd realize that I'm, I, I'm undefeatable. Or I deeply believe in myself. Wherever it takes you, but you got to kind of go down the dark rabbit hole because I'd rather go down the dark rabbit hole emotionally and mentally for just a nanosecond instead of waiting for the actual physical two-by-four. Right. So we identify what is the quality you're after, and then you take personal responsibility for cultivating that quality inside yourself every single day, just a little bit, little bit, little bit, and then you don't need the outer two-by-four to get your attention because... You used your thoughts and your emotions and your fears to get your attention, and you nipped it in the butt and you started doing the inner work ASAP, 20 seconds, two minutes a day, and then that starts to change your vibration. And now you don't magnetically draw in that situation or that person or that circumstance. Nice. Yeah, the two-by-four typically is a result of ignoring something, some aspect of your Life persona, whatever, ignoring it. <clears throat> to, and you're wanting to shift. I'm sorry. Right? You're wanting to shift. Yes. But but you might not know how. Yes, I know for myself. Um, the elephant in the room was anger. I had I had a huge amount of anger in my persona, and I didn't show any anger. I'm this easygoing guy. Hey hey hey. 
And I never allowed myself to show anger. And for me, the cosmic two-by-four was um, a particular moment when an immense amount, and I mean a lot, of anger came out of my persona. Had I tuned in to my anger decades earlier and created a portal or a vessel for it, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had the need for that two by four, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you talk about anger because there's so many um things that we do with emotion and say, Oh, that emotion's okay, that emotion's not okay. And I actually just had a really cool insight. Every two weeks I do an energetic group support session with a group of people. And in the session, I was explaining and showing and and walking people through a process of using the emotions that we have, whether it be fear, anger, grief, worry, to actually weave a vibrational fabric around ourselves that gives ourselves something that's supportive. And that's still counterintuitive because a lot of the times we'll think, oh, my God, I don't want to use the fear to weave the vibrational fabric because that would just bring in more fear. And it's like, well, actually, no, fear is a fuel. It's a vibration. It's an energy. It's energy in motion. When we put a name on it, we might shame it. And when we start just looking at emotions, as fuel that can help us energetically weave a vibration around ourselves that connects us with our loved ones or brings in a greater structure of support or we use our anger to weave a stronger force field, boundary, buffer around ourselves. Then the next time around, we don't get angry because we use the fuel, energy in motion, to weave a vibrational fabric that supports us in our consciousness and our evolution. So it was a really cool kind of insight awareness new tool that got brought in around using the emotions to leave a vibrational status. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, for myself, anger is um, a really cool, really cool emotion in that mm-hmm. um, I, I know a lot of spiritual folks are like, oh, you should never feel anger. It's like, wait a minute, time out. For me, it says... It's like saying don't evolve. <laughs> well, our emotions help us evolve. Well, the anger's always telling me about me, not what got me angry. And, and for, like for me, it's like, uh, well, here we are again. Here we are again. And and the anger's telling me we're here again in a, in a experience that's not serving us. And what's attached to this information but this juicy, did I just call anger juicy? This juicy uh, turbocharge energy that gives you, and anger energy is, um, if you have an, uh, uh, a negative reaction to it, you're messed up. You need to heal your relationship with anger because the energy behind anger is like like jet fuel. It's really good stuff. You can, mm-hmm. to, to to not flinch when that anger energy comes, and it's never about projecting it on people. But that energy will empower you to stand up and and resolve your own stuff. It's never about somebody else. The energy behind anger 
It's like, here's the answer, and here's the fuel to get it accomplished. Win-win. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely. And, and all emotions are also really great indicators of what we're doing at an energetic level. So with the anger piece, um, the layers that I've unpacked in my own practice is we'll often feel angry if we're holding responsibility for something that's not ours or we'll get angry when we've given responsibility for a particular need away to another person. We'll get angry when somebody doesn't respect us, but then the, the anger is actually their fu- it's our fuel to retrieve responsibility for respecting ourselves off of the other people, off of the other person, and deeply respecting our own self. Nice. Or we'll get angry because somebody's like, you should respect me, and we get angry because we feel that they've given us responsibility for doing something that's not our job. Yeah. So the anger is there to help us return that responsibility that is not ours back to its right and perfect place. Yeah, very nice. Well, you got to imagine that in 2020, droves of people should have got very angry in that their complacency with what normal was. I mean... Industries, industries dried up. So say you're doing conventions and that's your bread and your butter and you do 12 conventions a year and poof, they're gone. Well, you can't go to an adjacent convention company because the whole flipping industry has stopped. And so here's, here's perhaps an elderly couple five years from retiring and their bread and their butter falls through the grate on the floor and they're empty handed. Mm-hmm. To be be able to process um, accurately the the multitude of emotions that this last year and a half have conjured up in people is part of the process of of that healing, of of that evolving. So, Alea, if you were to look at your life now and then look at your life... um, BC before consciousness <laughs> how has how has your day-to-day experience i mean how would you describe the difference within yourself kind of uh helping people understand um some of the the possible um benefits of of this self growth courage and Exploring the idea that we get to reinvent ourselves every two to three years. So that complacency that you were talking about and then getting yourself into or creating a situation where it's like, oh my God, there's no support, there's no resources, there's no finances, there's no flow. Where am I going to live? What am I going to eat? That forces us to reinvent ourselves. And it's interesting I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it's interesting because Earth has been in a very unusual thousand-year weather pattern. And we are now moving out of this very unusual weather pattern into a normal weather pattern, which is much more unstable. And so when we're in an unstable environment, we have to be constantly reinventing ourselves and retrieving our creative energy and evolving. Right. 
And so I think that at a, a global level, humanity was in a really stable environment, and it helped with technology evolution, civilization evolution. But now there's a different evolution, and it's this consciousness evolution, and we get to reinvent ourselves because every day we're getting exposed to more light that's coming onto the planet. We are in an enlightenment phase, and there's this evolutionary leap, and it's very unstable. So it's no longer the outer comfort zone. We no longer look to the outer world for the stability. We find it internally, and then we're able to create it externally, but then if it goes away, it's okay, we'll reinvent it again. So there's a courage, there's a strength, there's a resilience, but if you've experienced a ton of trauma, then there's more work because we've got to heal the trauma to become more resilient again. So that's why we want to work on cultivating more self-love, more self-worth, going deep within, finding the safety inside, finding the support inside, finding the qualities that, that have the ability to support you depending on where you are at this chapter in your life. Because the instability is going to continue in the outer world, more, 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 more. So we want to increase the stability in the inner world, and then we have the capacity to face anything in the outer world with curiosity, with humor, with freedom, with joy, with empowerment, and not from the stance of the victim. Nice. And agility, perhaps. Well, you know, you know, um, an hour can go by pretty fast when you're having fun, and... Um, I want to make sure the audience really knows uh, who you are and and your material. Take the take the time and and share with our audience your web page and all the the modalities that that you offer. Thank you, Les. Um, yeah, the the three thousand web page. <laughs> true. Um, I do daily meditations. And so I've been doing them since 2019, and I think we have maybe over 2,000 meditations online. And um, so there's the Daily Cups, and they you can get them through an app, a free week of Daily Cups of Consciousness. And the website is aleyadao.com, A-L-E-Y-A-D-A-O.com, or you could Google Cups of Consciousness, and it'll come up. And you can get a free week of the Cups of Consciousness. And then every three weeks I do an energetic balancing session called the Tall Cups of Consciousness. And it's a live video stream and you can chat with me live. And I bring in energetic processes and talk about the energetic weather and how to use this time to shift, awaken, evolve. And then every two weeks I do an energetic group support session. And we talk about different aspects depending on what the group needs, it's a small group. So kind of like a one-on-one, but a small group where we're diving into energetic processes, protocols, the energetic weather, shifts and challenges and challenges in your life and how to shift them in steps. So it's kind of like coaching and, and an energetic session. So those are the, the three things that I do offer. And then I also have the book uh, that I wrote a few years ago, Seven, Seven Cups of Consciousness. You can get it on Amazon, New World Library, Barnes & Noble, and I have nine sound healing albums, and those are available off of my website, aleadao.com. And Sounds True published one of my websites called Light Body Sound Healing. You can go to Sounds True for that, or Amazon, or my website, aleadao.com, and check out the sound healing that I offer. 
Well, very nice. Um, do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? I do. So in this time of the fall and going into the winter, Hallow's Eve, Halloween, um, but really up until December 21st, winter solstice, the veils are really thin between the realms. So we are able to 